1: So welcome back, guys, to another episode of Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have three guests. We're doing a roundtable. I'm doing this from where are we, guys? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's right. We're in New Orleans, Louisiana. We're in our mastermind group, and I got three really smart people, three outstanding investors here. I have collectively you know, over 600 dollars here, guys. Right? I have Dylan. Dylan owns 110 dollars Will owns 410. 410 doors. Danielle and I collectively own close to $120. So we have a really strong group of investors here. And so let's get right into it. Let's, let's talk about what I think everyone wants to talk about. How are we seasoned investors moving right now with the current housing recession? We got bank failings. We got interest rates going up. By the way, as I record this, the interest rate just went up. Danielle looked at the Uh, He went up a quarter percent. Today is March 22nd, and the feds went up another quarter. Let's start with you, Dylan. Why don't you first tell us a little bit real quick about yourself, and then we'll just go around the room. We're just kind of just kicking it. So let's just go for it. Yeah. My name is uh, Dylan Ritchie. Like I said, I own about 110 houses, uh,
0: single
2: family homes, and then side-by-side duplexes in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, To your question of what we're doing different, uh, truly, we're just trying to drive down and get better deals and navigate. It's a
1: little bit harder to get the long-term financing, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but I think we're adapting to it. But it is it is taking adaption. Okay. What about what about you, Will? What are your what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. So what we're doing differently? Pretty much the same thing Dylan just said. I mean, we've got to drive down prices. That's what we've been
3: doing. We've been making offers, and a lot of times people haven't been accepting them. But uh, the market's cooled down a little bit. So a couple weeks later, a lot of these sellers that have mm-hmm. told us no originally are coming back and trying to negotiate with us. And we'll tell them, hey, look, here's our number. This was take it or leave it. You know? yeah. So sometimes we'll get
1: even better deals. So so just to be clear, you guys are in the single-family space. You guys buy single-family single, single family properties, right? Single-family residents. And so you have 510, collectively, 510 dollars. Yeah. I Me mean, and Danielle and I also have a few single-family ourselves. 510 dollars. so you're coming from that perspective. Doc, what do you think? What do you see?
4: To answer the question that's been started, uh, what we're doing, and you know, we're partners, Martin. Martin, what we're doing is, uh, I think we're continuing to strengthen relationships with existing brokers, uh, reaching out to, um, you know, even just calling up old uh, current uh, sellers, seeing if there's an opportunity there. Um, Just really rolling up our sleeves um, and seeing what's out there. I think also what's also been already shared is just staying disciplined to the numbers, even though the sellers may kind of be anchored in a number. We're not being swayed by that. We're we're underwriting um, in a very disciplined way. and I think that's
1: that's the key to success. Yeah. So we have these bank failures right now. How are you guys collectively or individually thinking, and what's your perspective and mindset? When you look at hey, banks are failing, so we've had four major institutions fail. We had signature bank, SV SVC, and First Federal Savings, I think it's the name of it, or first something. And then we have Credit Suisse out of Europe that just got bought out. If you guys haven't heard those numbers, they got bought out for three billion and they worth they were worth seventeen billion. So I mean it's it's pretty rough out there. What are you guys how are you guys move, moving? With all of that mayhem happening outside of your worlds, right? Danielle, you own you you own a medical practice too, right? So you also have another business that you run. How are you guys managing your mindset, and what are you guys? How are you guys looking at that? Whoever wants to go first, to go ahead first. Yeah, I'll hop in on this. One. So um, we can only manage
3: what we can control. So there, there's not a whole lot of use in worrying about external factors that are beyond your control. Um, but we just have to make sure that we stick to what the banks are underwriting to right now, which for the single-family home space is roughly 65%. Uh, someone will tell you they'll go up to 75, but it's hard to make the numbers work at 75 from a debt service coverage ratio with a 7% interest rate. Uh, when interest rates were 5, it was pretty easy to get to 75% loan to value. But now that there's 7, I mean, my, my rent can only be so
1: much for the market. Got it. So, so just so for those that don't understand, maybe we have some newbies. When you say seventy-five percent loan to value, you mean when you're reefed, when you buy that property and now you're refinancing it, you don't, know, you can't leverage it all the way to seventy-five percent of the value because the numbers don't work because the debt is higher and your rents don't cover the debt. Uh, it's not enough to cash flow for you and the debt. Correct? Is that what? Correct. I want to make sure that that we break it down for the listeners that may not be familiar with what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. So let's just use a hundred thousand dollars single family
3: home for example. It typically rent out for like twelve hundred bucks a month in our area. I used to be able to buy these things for seventy grand last year, and I bought a lot of them for seventy grand because I knew I could refinance them and get seventy five out, and then mm-hmm. pocket the five or break even after closing costs. Mm-hmm. But now the banks are only giving me sixty-five. So if I bought it for seventy or seventy-five, now I gotta pay money to get the refinance. And that it just doesn't work if you're trying
1: to do that at scale. Yeah, and, and we're in a down market, right, where the property values are going they're they're going down whether we like to say it or not. I mean it is what it is, guys. We're investors. Yes. We property values are coming down. Right? What about you, Dylan? What is your thoughts on 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 S V B and the and the bank failures and all of that stuff? Well, how do you how do you manage it? mindset and strategy around. Yeah. That. Right. In order not to repeat some of the points you said,
2: I think maybe to add on to that is the education piece it takes with now our prospective sellers, they were getting offers where most of us were underwriting like We were just talking about that 75% loan to value that 10% now being at 65% loan to value or lesser just educating them and bridging that gap of why the offer is there and using some of these talking points that everyone sees it helps bridge that gap, but it doesn't make it easier. Because on that $100,000 house that Will was talking about last year, we offered them $70,000. This year, we have to offer them sixty. dollars yeah. I mean, That hurts for everyone. But I think having that open communication and adapting that way is where we've seen success. Because people will come back. They'll so, hold out and try to get that $70,000, dollars And now they're coming back a month later.
1: So can you tell us what some of those talking points that you're currently using when you're trying to negotiate, when you're negotiating with these sellers, And now you have to educate them. Just give us really quick a 50,000 foot view of some of the things that you touch on, right? Because that's what I tell my team is we have to educate people. We have to, interest rates going up, inflation's through the roof. It's just, it's got to make sense for people. Interest rates go up. The cost of service, the debt is higher. means my payment's higher. I can't raise my rent, like to Will's point, as much as interest rates have gone up. So I got, uh, this is a business. So how are you educating? How are you breaking it down? For, for those sellers, Absolutely. to make them see that point, because most people are most people. Then yeah, we were having we were having lunch right now. I was talking about notes and bonds and municipal bonds. And most people, let's face it, we she was teaching us something. And we're seasoned investors, right? And she's teaching us like, hey, I was like, I didn't know that, Doc. Thank you for sharing that. Most most Americans, let's face it, most Americans they bore that information. bores them, right? And it's they don't know that information. So how are you educating them? Absolutely. So much of what we're talking about in this particular conversation, I
2: wouldn't use most of that verbiage. So we're going to make it things that the average person would understand, maybe point to some of these things that you're talking about in the news. And then the other thing that most sellers do understand is that their house is going to be compared to their neighbor's house that just sold. Kind of the combination of both those and explaining to them why my offer is on their particular house, because they need a roof or they need a furnace, this, that, and the other. Compared with some of the recession conversation we're having, I just really keep it high level and just explain to them bluntly. My eggs are just expensive for sure. Stupid, yeah. You know we're all feeling that.
1: Yeah. So you break it very, very break it down really simple. Yeah.
2: Danielle, can
1: you that with her? Danielle, can you share us what is your mindset? How are you looking at this? How are you moving along these lines? When we're navigating and we're looking at these properties, we're looking at these larger multifamily properties all the time, we're starting to see, we've gotten some emails where there's price reductions on multifamily, guys. We're getting emails, price reduction on large multifamily assets, and we're saying, what? It's been the opposite the last few years, right? It's been price went up, price went up. (laughs) It's all price reduction. So, Doc, what is your perspective, mindset, and how you're viewing this? all of this craziness that's happening out there right
4: now. Yeah, I think, you know, and you mentioned I have another business, I have a medical practice, and, you know, it reminds me of when COVID was happening, and uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. None of us knew what was going to happen with COVID, and I even was closing down my practice, my office. And, you know, at that time, you know, I realized that, you know, I have to have an opportunistic mindset, no matter what. No matter what the market conditions are, I think it's the person. I think it's the operator. I think it's the, the, the investor. You just have to adopt a real, um, I'm, I'm going to make it work no matter what because the market are, is always changing. I mean, look at, you know, we, everything when the interest rates were really great, you also now, you have a lot of buyers now and the prices are going up, so I think you just have to be disciplined and I think you just have to be committed to having an opportunistic mindset. And I love what you said, Dylan, about um, kind of walking your uh, sellers through this process. Um, you know, people get very um, you know emotional about You know, especially I'm sure in single family, these are, you know, homeowners, um, maybe not investors. So they have like some sentiment around it. Um, and I think it takes a certain kind of tact and emotional intelligence to navigate the person from across the table. So, um, I think that's, that's part of it. And I think for, you know, Martin and I, I think just staying disciplined and just, you know, hitting the road, hitting, hitting the grind every day and, you know, looking at, looking at deals, talking to brokers, um, just not, and I love what you said too, about not allowing the the swirl of the market, um, take you out. You know, it's happening, be aware of it, you know, have a balanced, a friend of ours talks about an information diet, have a balanced information diet, um, and stay, stay strategic, strategic
1: So Got it. Great. Great perspective, guys. I mean, one thing I'm hearing here amongst all of us is that we're not, we're informed, but we're not being reactive to everything that's going around. We're we're still disciplined in our approach and we're still buying and we're still doing, we're just disciplined to the numbers, the numbers change, that's it, that's all that changed. Uh, as things change in the exterior world, our numbers change, our math changes. My next question for you guys is, what do you guys think the future of the market looks like? We're obviously in a, in a correction phase of this market with interest rates going up. Where do you guys see the market going how deep will it go, and when do you see the turnaround? With your crystal ball, of course, no one's going to hold you to it. Just want to get your perspective on it, Doc. I'll start with you. You have the mic in your hand, so you go. Oh first. gosh, you're <laughs> really me
4: the spot here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think about these things. I think, I think some of the numbers that were pointed to now, like the sixty-five percent, having just some some safe thresholds, and make sure you can cash flow. Well. You know, know know your market. Know the fundamentals. Know what your rents can be, so you can you can have options. You can hold. Mostly, you can you can hold and still cash flow and cover your debt service. I think that's the main thing. I don't know that anyone can see. You know, knows the future. I mean, I think about this. I do think about this probably more than I should about what's going to happen because you know managing inflation is a serious is a serious concern. You know, their countries collapse when their inflation gets out of control. So the Fed does have a real mandate to control inflation. And as they keep raising rates, it does expose the banks, and that is a concern for the capital market. So um, I think making sure that you can cash flow is your hedge
1: against that. that, that cash rate, flow. That's right. Um, yeah. Cash flows came. Yeah. So even yeah. with the current debt. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. absolutely. Will, sir, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, same thing. Just getting as
3: much cash flow as you can, and we've been doing that by Increasing rents on our tenants, even if it's fifteen bucks a month, then uh, it, it still helps out over the, the multitude of houses that we've got. And then figuring out ways to decrease our expenses. We bought a cabinet and flooring shop because we bought so many materials that uh, now we get a slightly reduced price on those materials. So that that's,
1: helps us out quite a bit too. Hey guys, he bought a cabinet shop and flooring shop because they're doing so much <laughs> rehab. My goodness. He uh, said, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and buy the shops, right? How many yeah. do you have now, How many shops do you have now? Well, one or two? We got two stores. Two stores, right? And that's, why don't you give a shout out to it? Where is it? Where is yeah, that's it? it's Color it? style and Style in Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Dayton Ohio. Dayton, so if you think Tip City. It, Tip City, make sure you go check out the shop. Yeah. Dylan, what are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I think the fed gave it to us today. They- quarter yeah. interest you what know, yeah. I, I, I was surprised by that move I, I thought they would hold I thought they would hold
2: uh but again I think they gave us the answer you know shortly before we recorded this um i just think there's going to be an emphasis on we're gonna have to be very strict and diligent in what we're doing in our offers uh, there's the opportunity we may have to have this conversation here in a couple of months and i'm telling mm. you i'm offering people 60 yeah. percent value instead of 65 i mean there's the opportunity there if they continue to do Kind of what we're seeing today. Um,
1: yeah. but there's still the opportunity. Yeah. there's a lot of opportunity there so, so so do you think that we'll be looking back in three to five years and saying shit, we made so much money because we were disciplined during this time in between twenty two and twenty four yeah. we our assets tripled in value or doubled in value within the ten years because we bought them during this time. Do you think that, how many of you think that or see that being as an opportunity for us? I mean, maybe not triple, but you yeah. know, 430% I mean, or 40%. Key word that you said,
2: I feel so long is that it's not an emotional, vault based decision and it's a mm-hmm. disciplined decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have that conversation
1: in five years, right? I, I, I think so. so. What do you think, Will? Yeah. So, I mean,
0: if, as a <laughs> single family buy and hold
1: guy,
3: uh, if the equity goes up, I mean, I'm happy with it, but I need, I need the cash flow to keep the business strong. Mm-hmm. So, um, once we put long term debt on a property, it's really expensive and time consuming to get increased debt on top of that or mm-hmm. to, to yes, refinance it, it again. Yes, yes. So it, it looks, you know, while that double or triple in your home value may look great on your balance sheet, if you're not planning on selling the property, then I mean, you can only do as much as your cash flow is going to do. Got it.
4: Let's take a quick break.
0: Before we dive back into our conversation, let me share something truly transformative with you. Picture this. I've personally created wealth through real estate investing, and now I want to show you exactly how I did it. Introducing the 60-Day Deal Finder, the game-changing online course designed to revolutionize your approach to real estate investing. In this dynamic program, You'll learn battle-tested strategies to uncover high-yielding opportunities, insider tips on negotiating and confidently closing deals, a step-by-step roadmap to help you build your real estate empire in just 60 days. And here's the kicker. I'll be revealing the exact methods that help me create wealth through real estate, but that's not all. Enroll today and get an exclusive deal just for our podcast listeners. Use the coupon code WEALTHYAF at checkout and get 20% off your purchase. Stop dreaming and start doing. Your journey to financial freedom begins with the 60-day Deal Finder course. Head over to martinreimastery.com. That's martinreimastery.com. And let's build wealth together.
1: I want that docs. What's your perspective on that statement? We're, you know, they're they're a little different because they're using comps when you're, when you're a single family person using comps, but we as a multifamily, we're using valuation as income based approach.
0: What do you think about
1: that statement or that projection I just made? Um, that we're
4: going to be rewarding that we
1: will be looking back for saying discipline in three to five saying, holy shit, we made so much money. Like our equity went up so much. Our cash went well for, you know, with larger volatiles. Inflation is good for us, for all of us. Inflation is good for us, when we buy and hold. Right. I have a property right now. I'll share this real quick with you guys. I have a property right now that I had. It's a duplex, and pay- I have a tenant that's paying me Section 8 $750 a month for a three-bedroom. She's been there. She's quiet. And I got a new manager, and we're, we're looking at my books, and he's like, dude, we- you know it's 1200 for that now. And I went to Section 8. We went into Section 8 office last week, and... We increase the rents to 1,200. We We get the increase, in, we get the increase in June. That's almost a 50% bump. Mm-hmm. I mean, 750 to 12 to to, to 1,500. Mm-hmm. That is 100%. That's not right. We 1,200. I'm sorry. To 1,200, not 1,500. To 1,200. That's a big jump, right? In cash flow. Little house I bought for 25 grand, a property, right? <laughs> I put another 20 grand into so it. I refied it since, but this thing's killer, right? For that. So that's what I mean, inflation is really good for us. What are your thoughts now on on that? Do you think we'll be looking back, having a similar story to what I just said, but on a larger scale? Well, I'll I'll take
4: it a little personal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm a physician, and I have a couple of medical practices. And personally, I have built um, more wealth faster in real estate than I have in all the years I have of my training and practicing. Um, So that just, for me personally... Um, yeah, real estate is—it makes a lot of sense. And you always say this thing that I, I love that you say, and I'll probably repeat it again and again: that you got to buy right, you got to finance right, and you got to manage right. And um, I think it's all right when you do those three things.
1: Principles. Those are the basic. Those are the yeah. basic principles of real estate investment. Buy right, finance right, you decide it, right. It's time-consuming to get financing. We went through hell to refi. That's another issue, right? We have the issue of now leverage. The biggest lever we have in real estate is. Is debt the debt that we put to it because that's we're protected with the locked in debt long term? Uh, rents go up, right? All that stuff plays in our favor, increases our cash flow. What do you guys see in terms of with all of this bank, the banking industry, all these failures, and you guys think banks are going to tighten up their lending criteria? Have you experienced that? And what's your perspective? And that's my last question. I'll let you go first.
4: Yeah. That you have the mic. Uh, yeah, I mean, our recent experience was that uh, we were getting ghosted at the table by some of the banks. So, I, I, this is my first uh, time in a declining market since I've been in real estate. So, it's been kind of uh, surreal for me to witness. I know, Martin, you've been through this before. So, Whoa. you kind of were forecasting it quite honestly a Whoa. year ago, and it's been uh, It's kind of phenomenal for me to see the banks, you know, say one thing. And then, um, you know, the next week completely say something different. So I absolutely do think that the capital markets are very sensitive to the, to the, to the economics interest rates, et cetera. So absolutely. And, and in my, you know, limited experience, yeah, I, I think about that quite a bit, you know, is, are we going to get, like we were offered, um, we had a, uh, someone approach to buy a product from us and and the the price was reasonable, but it's like, do we really want to move out of that product? And, and then, you know, what would be available to us from a finance position?
1: Why don't you share that with the listeners? Why don't you share, you know, what we got offered and where we, where our mindset and how we process that being in the, in the current yeah. economic industry. Yeah. So we, we
4: bought a product, 57 units last year. We stabilized it pretty quickly, aggressively in the last year. It's doing very well. We continue to, um, keep uh rents moving up you know to they're already at market and we were already going through our first cycle of increased rent after year one um no issues there and so it's completely stabilized and so now it's kind of nice to like okay let's cash flow so you know for some time right now we're cash flowing very nicely and you know we ended up getting um you know a broker approached us they had a A buyer come and look at it, and they made an offer, and the offer was very reasonable. Um, Not not enough to like say, yeah, we'll do it, but it was something that you know made us consider. But and we could have we could have went back with a with a counter offer, a counter number, and we just decided that it's already so well positioned. Why take our cash out? Of, why, why leave this product that's already doing so well? Because you don't know what's going to be the next. You know, mm-hmm. it's already such a good asset. So it just wasn't worth the risk for us with the changing uh, financial markets right now. You know, we're going to have, we're going to buy something next and then we don't know if we're going to be able to get the financing we want. And we just, just, it wasn't a good enough number,
1: so. And then we have the tax. We also had a tax issue where we're within 1031 that money. Yeah, yeah. We were looking for another asset. We got a time just get
4: straight now.
1: Yeah. We got to deploy that capital. If you deploy that capital, we got 120 days to find it or no, 45 days. How many days? 100 days, whatever it is for the 1031. You yeah. need to Oh, you, you got to find it. Yeah. And and then the debt and all of that. So it just didn't make much yeah. sense.
4: Yeah, it just wasn't motivating enough for us. Yeah.
1: What are your thoughts, Will? Yeah, of course. So in the
3: single-family home space. Uh, for my personal business, we don't get a lot of our funds from the local bank, so uh, they're not very friendly when it comes to all the paperwork requirements and legalities of refinancing a bunch of these single family houses at scale. So we use specialized lenders like DLP, which is the event we're at this weekend, and uh, Corvest to help us out with these deals. So you really have to look at where their funding source is coming from, because uh, it's not coming from these banks like SVB. It's coming from insurance companies, pension funds, uh, private wealth. So as long, and there's still a ton of money in this country. Mm -hmm. So I believe that people will continue to do loans. Just the rules of those loans may change and you got to keep up with them. Absolutely. That's
1: really sage advice, sir. Very sage advice. Dylan?
2: Yeah. So again, in the single family space, we're doing blanket loan products, I think. So take loans. Take loans. Well, large loans. Yeah, we're putting multiple houses on one mortgage. Um, and I think the biggest delay gratification is to see, uh, knowing that a lot of the back end that we're seeing is that 65% loan to value that we keep throwing out. Uh, was in a position where we bought most of our real estate more closer to like the 45, 50 cents on the dollar mark. So there was the opportunity to go ahead and take out our capital, even at 65% loan to value and still cash flow. Um, so I mean that's a positive. It's delayed gratification because when I was running these numbers, I thought we were going to get seventy-five percent loan to value. And we'd have this large payoff on one hundred and ten houses. Uh, I'm looking at that. Uh, uh, optimist mindset. You know, this is going to be some delayed gratification. That equity is still there. We're navigating that successfully, but it's definitely delayed gratification. We're not going to get that that payout till down the road, whether we sell or just
1: keeping the debt paid out. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I, uh, truly appreciate you guys coming out and sharing and taking a few minutes from our mastermind. We're just getting started. We just had lunch. What did we have? We had, I uh, had, the. Uh for 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 lunch, uh, um, it's 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 gumbo. The, gumbo. the gumbo. So I had the gumbo, of gumbo it's for the first, for the the first, first time. time. It was charged with, I had charged with oysters, oysters, oysters. and yeah. so we're, we're going through the full experience here in yeah. New Orleans, right? Is that what is that what they yeah. say? The locals. <laughs> and uh, so, thank you guys for coming out and, and sharing your insights. And just short minute, last minute, I was like, hey, let's do this, and they were like, yep, let's do it. They were down, and here we are in yard, my hotel room. So appreciate you guys. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights. And... Thank you guys, the listeners, for listening and watching this. We appreciate you guys.
0: Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of Wealthy AF, brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital, where multifamily real estate syndications meet premier success. Your future starts here. Visit us at premierridgecapital.com for more details.